Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Perchance to dream, ah, there's the rub, as we all remember from our classic Shakespeare studies. Ms. K came into my clinic self-referred, and thus I had no information on her except her birth date. It turns out that she was a student at the local university and had one of the most prestigious scholarships that were associated with only the best and the brightest with a somewhat secretive society associated with membership. She was thin, of Southern Indian heritage, with a very successful mother and father, both of whom were engineers. She provided all this information to me before we even addressed her reason for seeing me, to which I finally was able to direct the conversation. I just can't sleep, said Ms. K. I haven't slept for weeks. Whenever I hear this statement, it is incumbent to get the details around what this means, since, literally, not being able to sleep for weeks would result in death. Nonetheless, the patient persisted in this statement. She had begun to have this issue a few weeks ago when she was studying for midterm examinations. She was, following in the footsteps of her parents, studying to be an engineer. As an upperclassman, she was embroiled in projects and significant amounts of coursework, which required she and her colleagues to work long into the night, only to have to get up early next, the next morning to get to class. This was particularly intense since she had both examinations and practical updates she needed to do, and she needed to fulfill her responsibilities on the project, which had caused her to stay up all night, a few nights right before exams, and on project milestone completion. You know how it is, she said, just to have to get the work done. I asked if she was the only one who was doing the all-nighters, to which she responded, yeah, pretty much. I can't afford to have the project jeopardized by someone not performing, so once people leave, I just kind of make sure everything is done right. Rather than judge, I asked her if that was causing her issues with getting home to sleep. You know the joke, right? As an Asian, you have four choices. Doctor, lawyer, engineer, or disgrace to family. I make sure I am C. And that sometimes causes sleepless nights. Nonetheless, we went over her history of time of sleep, amount of time in bed, medications, any other illnesses, issues with sleep problems at home, how much sleep she thought she received, and more. To everything, she denied issues and only came back to the fact that she couldn't sleep at night, that she would lie in bed, toss and turn, and watch the clock inexorably tick, tick away with her not getting any sleep. Well, initially my thought was that Ms. K was suffering from bad sleep hygiene, that is to say, poor sleep habits which caused her to have issues with sleeping at night, probably combined with some issues with being a young adult with circadian rhythm alterations. Namely, that she was staying up late and shifted her hours of being awake. We tried the usual habit modifications, sleep diaries and cognitive behavioral therapy, all of which did not subjectively improve how the patient felt she was sleeping. We finally scheduled her for a polysomnographic study, also known as a sleep study, to assess the insomnia that was so pervasive in her history. Notably, the psychologist who was involved in the patient's cognitive behavioral therapy also suggested this, since she was concerned about the patient's overall lack of response to all therapies. The patient was scheduled for both a sleep study and a subsequent, the next morning, multiple sleep latency test to assess whether she would fall asleep after a night of anticipated insomnia for further evaluation. The day after the sleep study, the attending in the sleep center showed me the results. Looking at the time and changes in the EEG, it was clear that the patient had fallen asleep after 15 minutes subsequent to being hooked up 
to the polysomnographic equipment. Further, it appeared that she had slept soundly and robustly for at least seven hours, with normal sleep architecture going into and out of REM sleep normally without any issues in respiratory or cardiac functioning detected. Despite this, when discussing her night in the sleep lab with the technician the next morning, she noted, You see, I didn't sleep at all last night, maybe a nap at the beginning, but I'm exhausted. The sleep lab attending physician asked her what she remembered about the study, and she noted the attachment of the leads as well as the other equipment, the color of the ceiling, the lights going out, her tossing and turning, and then the lights going on again. Again, she reiterated she had not slept that night. I saw the patient in my clinic a couple of days later and told her of the findings. I tried to describe gently that she actually had slept through the night and that her EEG and other results from the study made this clear. She was shocked and said it was impossible that she wouldn't have known that she had slept. I pointed out to her that there was a disorder called pseudo-insomnia, where it was exactly as she had experienced, that despite getting adequate amounts of sleep, the perception was no sleep at all. There were a number of causes, but sometimes it just couldn't be figured out with a specific diagnosis. Cognitive therapy could be helpful in some cases as well. Ms. K was dumbstruck. I showed her what the study looked like, what the brain waves looked like in the different stages of sleep, that there could be no way of not knowing she was sleeping. Her shock, interestingly enough, turned to academic interest, and she wanted to know how we access the brain waves and the physics behind it, to which I only admitted very superficial knowledge. I think you're better knowing you should be okay, I said, but I can have you see the psychologist that was involved with your cognitive behavioral therapy to see if that can help. Ms. K was glad to hear both, and I referred her to the EEG textbook that was the classic for the area if she was really interested in looking at the generation of brainwaves. She thanked me, and we arranged for further follow-up with her original psychologist. When the patient came back to see me several months later, she was both excited and happy. She believed that our way of capturing brainwave signals could be improved, and that she could do this as a project in her biomedical engineering class. She noted to me that we've been doing this technique the same way for decades. It's about time medicine caught up with engineering, she noted. She had other criticisms of our medical technology as well, noting how antiquated it was, all of which made me smile. I'm glad you have ideas. That's how we can advance this stuff, especially making it better for patients and doctors, I admitted. She smiled and told me that she had been able to perceive sleep right now quite well with her psychologist's help. And you know what? Looking in the rearview mirror, I was dreaming that I was awake, you know? I was kind of hallucinating that I was awake, like a stress response. How weird is that? I noted that everyone dealt with stress differently. Yeah, well, never again. Sleep is too valuable and wonderful to get stressed about. Indeed, as someone with my own share of sleepless nights, I couldn't agree more. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.